This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high-converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. So do you think email is dead? Well, on the contrary, it's alive and well, as you'll soon find out. And according to the direct or the Data Marketing Association, that's DMA, email marketing has an average return on investment of $42 to every $1 spent, which is super, super important for small business owners with small marketing budgets. So in this episode, we dive in on how to use email marketing effectively to increase sales, find ideas for content that your subscribers will love, compose emails consistently, increase interaction, and keep your mail out of the spam bucket so you can tackle your tech and master your message. So welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, where passion meets entrepreneurship and dreams become reality. I'm your uh, international uh, I'm sorry, I'm your lead machine coach and international best-selling author and tech and marketing nerd and pro. I'm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs such as you, coaches and solo entrepreneurs, tackle their tech, master their message, and design their dreams. So are you ready to unle- unleash your full potential and achieve extraordinary results? If, if so, you're in the right place. We'll dive into the strategies, insights, and stories of trailblazers like our guest today, uh, who overcome the obstacles of tech, marketing, and mindset and are making a huge impact on their audiences and their customers. So buckle up and get ready for an exhilarating ride with inspiration, motivation, and practical advice. Whether you're just starting out and looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started right now and turn your dreams into reality. So Rob Fortier, is that how we say your name, Fortier? Uh, yes, as also Fortier, if you speak Fortier. French, you could say it that way, yes. Fortier, well, I'm Paul Guillon, okay. Robert Fortier. Yes. He's had many careers in a variety of fields, including theater, which is really cool, because I'm a, I'm a drummer, I've, I've been in uh, performance for many years, uh, advertising and the greeting card industry, which is pretty cool for getting attention, I think. So as a copywriter and email marketing specialist, his goal is to help coaches, consultants, and service providers use the written word to get their message out into the world so they can effectively market their products and services. He's dedicated to helping his clients increase their leads and sales, which I'm I'm dedicated to that too, and believes that email, and I believe this too, is the most cost-effective marketing tools for solo entrepreneurs and small business owners. And welcome, my brother. Welcome, Rob. Uh, it's great to have you on today and finally uh, to meet you after uh, after all these weeks. Paul, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today and to uh, hopefully help your listeners with some great content about using email. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, let's dive right in. So why is it important for business owners to grow their and maintain an email list? Well, you know, we're as business owners, we maybe I speaking out of, you know, for myself, but I think there's a lot of people who would agree we're attracted to the shiny, right? The cool, like, oh, what's the next oh, yeah. cool thing we market our business with? Um, and 
the email often gets overlooked. And the problem with the shiny sometimes is it's not the reliable. You know, I think social media is a great way to market your business. But the problem with that is that you don't have any control over it. You're subject to the algorithms of, you know, and the whimsies of, you know, the whoever owns that social media platform or whatever they're doing with that that day. And uh, you can go from having tons of people follow you to nobody seeing your content. So the thing about an email list is that you own that data, right? Until people unsubscribe, you can email them. You have their permission and you can land right in their inboxes. You're not subject to an algorithm or any uh, an outage. You know, about a year ago, there was an outage on Instagram and everybody kind of flipped out because they didn't know what to do with themselves that day. It's like, well, <laughs> everybody who had an email list went to their email service provider and sent an email to the list saying, here's what's happening today. So it really gives you a lot more control as a business owner about how you can market your business and how you can show up for people because you um, you can you have full control over what happens with it. I mean, you can't control what people do with it once it lands in their inbox, but uh, you can, can make sure that they're, they're going to have the opportunity to see it. Yeah, I like the fact that uh, building building that, it's an, it's your your list your customer list is your is your business's most important asset you know like you've got intellectual property you've got the way you do things uh but being able to reach out to your customers whenever you need to uh and be able to connect with them make them an offer tell them what's going on uh just like the you know the instagram going down uh and you own it you own it you don't a lot of people say well why do i need a website when I got Facebook and it's, it's exactly that same thing, mm -hmm. that audience that you're building, that, uh, that engagement that you're, you're, you're chasing, really chasing it. Um, it can go away anytime. Soon as Absolutely. they, as soon as the AI bots get involved and, and all the other things that, that, uh, that can go on, can and do go on. Uh, the only really thing is you, you of course, there's the mailing list too, which people ignore, uh, in these days, uh, there's also a physical mailing list, and I've worked yeah. with, with many uh, brick and mortar companies over my career, and uh, we did a lot of mailings uh, early on. And uh, we, the, of course, the executives want to want to leverage email, but a lot of times they don't know how to do it right. Mm -hmm. so what do you suggest? I mean, I'm sure you've run into that same kind of thing uh, with people not knowing they're afraid to email their list too often. And yes. they don't know what to email them. So what kind of types of emails should we be sending? And and uh, what about the offers? Now? Yeah, and that's a really good question. I love that you brought up direct mail piece too, because I, I call that when zig, when people zag, uh, because they're still being used today. I get them a lot for, the I live in New York, so I get a lot of theater offers because there are people who just don't respond to that stuff via email. But um, to your question, you know, it's every business is a little bit different, but the, one of the main things is about when you have an email list is to show up consistently. And that's a big mistake people make is that they build a list and they show up like every once in a while, like every three months or only when they have something to sell. You have to show up in people's inbox consistently because what you do when you do that is you condition them to become used to hearing from you, to opening your emails, to reading your content, whether you're teaching something, whether you're um, you know, giving um, some kind of value post, whether you're asking them to watch a video or read a blog post, or you're making an offer, right? These are all things that are all about adding value. And that's the thing we want to remember is we don't just want to just talk at people. We want to you know, give them value and try to involve them in a conversation, right? Ask them to respond with questions, ask them, if they can relate to something, ask them to, to click on something, right? Or to take a survey, get then a lot of what that does too, in terms of um, the email service provider world is when they see that they, you, people are giving interaction, they're responding, it helps you with the deliverability of all of your emails. So that's really important to do is to think about it. You know, marketing used to be sort of a one-way street where we just talk at people. Now in the stage in day and age with social media, especially, that's not the case anymore. People expect interaction. So carry that into your emails um, and and ask people to, you know, you may only get a handful of responses. That's okay. But you're putting the opportunity out there for people to be involved with you and they know it's a conversation that, and that you're available. But in terms of, you know, doing it right, there's no one right way to do it. I mean, I have some colleagues who email their list every single day. Um, that's not my style. I'm, you know, more of a once a week, or if I'm doing some kind of event, you may get two or three emails from me in a week. 
but we it's hard to release that notion of of you know doing it right or wrong it's just it, it is what you need to be you have to sort of create that environment for your subscribers if you're the person that's going to send an email every single day then you're going to people unsubscribe and that's okay you don't want those folks on your list they're not for you so you get to set the terms of how that works but you do have to provide valuable content with that so yeah, uh, it's kind of up to you, but what you can, if you're, you know, if you have people that work for you or you have VAs and you have people helping you, great. Maybe you can email more often, but if you are one person business, like a lot of folks are, then you have to say, okay, this is the allotted time I have to do my marketing this week. What's more important? Is it to do one email or is it strategy 17? Probably I'm going to go with a one and make it good um, and send it out the door. Um but there's no absolute right or wrong way to do it. It's just keep in mind that whole thing of adding value to people's lives when you're putting something together. Yeah, and so as a follow-up to that, though, a lot of people, I have a mastermind group of solo entrepreneurs and healers, and uh, I teach them how to create lead machines. And we talk, we talk a lot about just the whole delivery process, the delivery of the lead magnet, and follow up and nurture to to get them to take that to open a loop like you mentioned to engage them to in a conversation to get to that point and a lot of these a lot of my uh, clients are coaches and so they're looking to get them into a, a, a discussion with a um, you know as a, a, a discovery session if you will um, but then there's also if I'm going to send once once so there's there's the email that are tied to the lead magnet. So yeah. let's let's not talk about that for the moment because we can we'll talk about that in a minute. But what do I send on a on a weekly basis and how do I plan to get that? So I've got people opting in for my lead magnet. I got people who've uh, who've signed up for my newsletter or on my website or just contacted me and I put them into my um, I, I let them know and I put them then into my long term nurture. So how do I figure out how to how not how, what to send them on that weekly basis. Um, you know, I like to go sort of old school with this and just take a big blank calendar for like, let's say the next month and say, okay, what have I committed? I start with the promotional things. Like, am I selling something this month? Am I making an offer? Have I agreed to do a partnership with somebody else? And I've agreed to email my list on their behalf. Those are the things I fill in first. Like where did those dates have to go? And then around that, I try to make sure that at least once a week, there is another type of content of, okay, I'm gearing up to like sell a program about, you know, let's just say you, use, you brought up lead magnets to sell a program about lead magnets, right? And the week or two before, I want to start sending out some valuable tips about those and sort of bring up the issues around, well, if you don't have one that's working well, or if, if you've never created one, start talking about that. So it's top of mind for people with the, with the offer that's going to be coming up down the road. So start with the whole promotional thing and then go. And if you don't have anything that's coming up, great. Then that's a place where maybe one week you give a little bit behind the scenes. You know, people love seeing the inner workings of a business. Um, and that's what's cool about social media is people show all these videos about how stuff is made or what a workday looks like. Carry that into your email. You know, what's an issue that you've been dealing with that um, you've come up with solutions for? Or maybe you haven't solved the problem with and you say, hey, who has some tips on this or who has some resources? I'd love to hear. Here's what I've taken so far. So you can give insights. You can teach people stuff if you've got stuff, especially there's lots of stuff you can break down into like three to five steps and you can make that a short, you know, 300 to 500 word email that's adding value and it's quick for you to um, send off and it's a touch point for people. So start with the, start with the big rock as I call them and then plan other content around that um, to make sure that you're not just going, oh my gosh, I got to send an email tomorrow. What the heck do I write? You can put it right. out in advance so you have some idea. So planning in advance, and you recommend one at a time, or six months at a time, three months, or whatever you can, uh, whatever you can do, I suppose. Exactly. I usually keep at least a calendar of like three months because a lot of times when my promotional stuff gets planned or my partnerships. So I may not fill in the details around that until I get to the month before, but I I have at least a three month, if not farther out, working calendar on that, so I can so I don't drop stuff. Right. And the elephant in the room that we've been talking about, everyone's talking about is AI. And so and, and what I do and what I teach my clients to do is is to use the AI um, chatbot, for a lack of a better word, as a uh, as kind of a writing assistant 
to get ideas. And so uh, I teach the chatbot about my target audience and what their pains and, and I help them. Actually, I use it as a research tool as well. But but then I use it to get ideas for um, what I should maybe if there's there's uh, things that I can teach around some of their pain points. I might not be able to do all of them. And uh, so that's that's a clue to go out and do some research and see how I can solve those problems. Yeah, but absolutely. Are you using the AI to? Uh, I do. I'm, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because that seems to be the topic, no matter where I am, that everyone wants to bring up. And I'm glad to hear that you're using it and you're teaching people to use it because I do think it's a, it's a valuable tool. Um, is it, you know, people say, aren't you worried about replacing you as a copywriter? You know what? Maybe someday, but we're not there yet because there's a lot of things it can't do. It can't add your personality. There's a, there's some emotional qualities that are missing that you need in writing that are, aren't there yet. But um, I do, I do use it for research. It's great for when I need subject line ideas. So, um, you know, they're often what it produces aren't usable in the form, but it gives me ideas to like, oh, I could take this piece of this and combine it with this. And, um, and then I've got a great subject line. So it's great for that. It's great for research. Um, I have also used it to write outlines of, um, of emails. You know, I wrote one recently that was um, sort of uh, going back. It needed to be in the form of like a nostalgic commercial. So I just went into chat GPT and gave it some parameters about here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what I want it to sound like. Here's the style. And again, I couldn't use what it gave me, but it gave me some inspiration um, for then to take some pieces from that and then write my own copy from it. So I do think it's something that you know, even if you're not ready to be like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, people are like, it's scary. It's taking over the world. It's going to like ruin my brain. No, it's like, think of it as like your assistant who's 14 years old and you have to really explain how to do things to them, but you can get some really cool information from using it. Yeah. A lot of people um, that I've been uh, interviewing lately, Dan Janelle is one of them, uh, how to write your book in a flash with, with AI ethically. And, um, uh, a number of other people, Michael Whitehouse and I have talked about uh, about AI and utilizing it. And the thing is, is that AI, for AI to tell your story, you'd have to teach AI your story. But only you know your story and only you know your reflections. So humanizing AI is uh, is super important. And by the way, we've been using AI for many years. Oh, yeah. If you if you. Uh, if you look at Netflix, it brings up suggestions on what movies you should be watching. Amazon does it with with uh, suggestions of things that you should be uh, uh, you should be buying. And uh, Grammarly, I use Grammarly every day yeah. uh, for for writing and, and grammar help. So so we've been using it for a long time. So it, it's not really that new, but this this latest wave is is really uh, I think going to shake things up. Uh, but there's always going to be uh, need for us to uh, to either teach it what to do or, and to uh, to use it as a tool to, you know, for the common good. So uh, I don't think chat. I don't think the AI is going to turn over uh, is going to take over, but it's definitely going to be a disruptive technology. Absolutely. And that's why I'm I'm so glad you bring it up and that we should be we should find ways to embrace it as opposed to being afraid of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So besides the chat bot, what are some places to get ideas and inspiration for your emails? Um, so there's all kinds of ways if you're, you know, if you're in any groups online, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, I love to go into those groups and look and see what are people talking about? What questions are they asking? Um, the website Quora.com, Q-U-R-A, uh, is yeah. a great place. You can search by topics and people ask tons and tons of questions. I like to read the answers because sometimes the answers are well, they're entertaining sometimes, especially when they're not very accurate, but yeah. they um, it also sparks more questions about, okay, what did this person get their answer to? You know, like how did, how was the question answered, but did it really complete the answer? Um, so that's a great place for topics or what are people talking about right now? Um, I also like to use Amazon. Um, I go and look for books on my topic and go to the um, table of contents, if you can do the look inside feature. Um, sometimes just the table of contents will give you ideas for topics that you can write about. Uh, also, I like to read reviews, not the like the five star reviews. People are like, oh, my mom read it and she said it was awesome. Like, you know, read the, like the two or three star reviews. Um, 
where people are saying, you know, I really like this book, but I wish it had talked about, or I thought this was missing. That can be something you can use for a topic. So they're kind of everywhere. You just have to sort of keep your eyes open for it. Um, I also love the, I don't know if you've used this, you probably have the answerthepublic.com website. Have yeah. you used that? Uh -huh. um, I think that's brilliant because you can put in a topic and it generates all kinds of questions and ways to talk about a topic. So, and that's free to use too, which is, I love about that too, because you can get so much information from it very quickly. Yeah. You, and you can get, you can go down a rabbit hole really quick. Too. Yes. <laughs> it wastes a lot of time. And yeah. Of course, and, and of course you need to know your topic really well to say, oh, that doesn't apply here or that doesn't apply for my, for my target audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fascinating to play with though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to mention that um, answer, though. It's answer the public? Yeah, answerthepublic.com. Yeah, I'm just taking some notes here as we go. Sure. Um, now, I run into this uh, quite a bit. One of my one of my clients has uh, uh, probably eight or 10,000 emails, and a lot of them are, are unengaged. And so what do you do with subscribers that... Um, I mean, they don't want to purge them because they that's that's their list, but they exist elsewhere in the business, in the database, in the accounting system. And when they order, they order, but they don't always open their emails. So what do you yeah. do with subscribers that don't open emails? Um, well, one of the things I tell people is to think about your email list as sort of like a living, breathing organism or like the ocean, right? Like it, the waves come up and then they sort of roll back and then they go a little higher and they roll back. So don't think of it as like a collection. Think of it as something that's going to change over time and be okay with that. Be with people coming in and people leaving. Um, so with people who don't engage, that really hurts your numbers in the long run, right? It's hurting your open rates. The email service providers are noticing, okay, this person isn't opening stuff. So one of the things you, you don't want to just get rid of them, obviously, but one of the things you want to do is, is, is try to re-engage them, right? Send them a personal email. You might also put together a campaign that says, you know, we've noticed you haven't been opening these emails. Do you want to keep receiving them from us? And then they may be like, oh my gosh, I just haven't, I've been busy. And they might say, yes, I want to keep getting them. Um, and another great way to do that is to offer some sort of incentive when you do that. Like maybe you have some kind of bonus you can give them saying, I'd love to keep you on the list. And as a thank you, I'd love to give this to you if you want to keep receiving the emails. Um, if you do that a couple of times and they don't respond to you, then, you know, I would say then un go ahead and unsubscribe them. You don't have to purge them from the list because you can keep that data. But if you can unsubscribe them, usually that the is kept in there um, inside your email service provider. And when they if they do come back, uh, all that data will still be there with the history. But you really don't want to carry people who if people are going like six months and they don't open anything or respond to anything, it's not serving you as a business owner and it's actually really hurting you and your deliverability. Yeah. What I do is I, I have them, I have a dynamic list that has rules on it that, that uh, if they haven't opened the last X number of emails in the last number of times, uh, then they go into this dynamic list. And so I don't send it to, I, I make sure that I filter out those and don't, don't broadcast emails to them. Uh, so as we go that, you know, that list, list grows and shrinks and depending on, on what you said, that, that ebb and flow of, of that growing organism of your, of your email. Yeah. So that, that seems to work. Uh, but, but I think you should do that. You, you should take a look at your list on a, on a regular basis. Don't you, how often should we, should we be looking at it? Um, I'd say every like 90 days to, that's a good, you know, time to take a break and look at it. Um, it, that, that's a good rule of thumb to do. I know sometimes for some people that's difficult to make that time, but really it will help you in the long run to just take even just half an hour and you can sort that stuff. Usually it's pretty easy to get that data pretty quickly. Right. It, I'm sorry. You, uh, if it's hurting your deliverability, yeah, then you really you really shouldn't send to them at all. So when you're when you're sending out that weekly email, you should you should be every time you send an email, you should be monitoring it. What what are some of the things we should be looking at when we're sending an email, and um, getting finding out how many people opened, how many were sent, you know, did anybody unsubscribe? Those kinds of things. What are some statistics that we should be paying attention to? 
Um, well, obvi- I mean, the first one obviously is open rates. And some people, you know, legitimately just don't open stuff for a while. They just skip things and then they come back to you. So that's why I like to do it every, you know, 90 days, give people a chance. Yeah. But um, so open rates is the biggest one, right? You want to be, I always tell people you want to really be at least at 25%, but you, the goal is to be much higher than that. If you're running at like 10% open rate, then you've got a huge problem. Um that either people you've got the wrong people on your list or you're offering the wrong kind of content um so i 25 and up is you're doing you're in a good spot so look at that look at if you've got links in there um you know to buy something watch a video you know fill out a survey look at the click rate what's the, or if you're doing a giveaway event you know how is that click rate going um you know usually anything between um two to five percent of a response rate is good on stuff um, if you're doing an offer, you know, usually they say the average from a, an offer is usually one to two, but I like to shoot for two to 5% of people like buying something. Um, so open rates, click rates, and then, you know, response rates. What did people, what actually did they follow through on, on those are metrics you want to be watching. Um, and so those are kind of like the three, the three healthy things I would say. Right. And obviously what your, your audience is on your list is your has to be your ideal audience other though otherwise those numbers are going to vary and probably be a lot low if you've got the wrong people you got the wrong content yeah you know, things you're offering things that people aren't interested in so yeah. what with that in mind what are some what are some uh strategies that you can recommend for people to grow a list that contains those people that have the right things that uh, that you're looking for for you know we we, we always start with the audience and yeah. I'm, I think that's where you're probably going to go, but what are some of the strategies that, uh, that you recommend? Um, well, one thing I will say to don't do, and as a marketer, this drives me bonkers is don't add people to your list without permission. Don't go to a networking event, bring home all your business cards and type them into your email service provider and say, Hey, I'm building my list. Like only add people who give you permission explicitly to be on there to begin with, because they're going to respond better if they actually want to be there. But you really have to go after, you know, if you're doing a lead magnet, let's say, or you're doing an event, like you're doing, um, you know, a summit or some kind of speaking engagement, you really make sure that the people who are going to be interested in your content are in that room, right? You don't want to be doing, if you're a business coach, you don't necessarily want to be going and doing something that's for, um, you know, I have a guy who makes candy. I would never go to one of his events. He, you know, makes chocolate and chocolate covered Oreos. Like my people are not in that room. Those are consumers. Those are customers of consumer goods. That's not people who need copywriting help. There could be a couple in there. So it's all about where are you showing up online? Like, you know, this, this, a lot of people make this mistake in the beginning with running ads. They just like, I want to attract everybody. It's like, well, no, you don't, because that's going to bog down your list. You're wasting your money. And they're just never, they're never going to buy from you. So, uh, you know, if you're doing partnerships with people, especially, you know, I do a lot of lead magnet swaps with people to help build my list. Um, I also do, you know, summits. I make sure that they, their audience that it serves, it's a complimentary audience to mine. Like we don't compete with each other, but they are serving them on similar, uh, on, on different issues, but the same kind of people. And that's right. really important to do your research. Um, every event is just because somebody invited you is not necessarily a good event for you to participate in. So yeah. it's it's finding those people. And you're going to get people who join your list, who you gave away something they were interested in. They may not be perfect and that's okay, but that's where you really want to put your energy is do is like, and really sit down and think about like, who are my ideal customers and who else serves these ideal customers in a mm-hmm. different fashion that I can partner with um, and that we can cross promote each other because you're going to be able to help somebody at the same time that they're helping you. And that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so what about lead magnets? You, you offer them. That's part of, part of, part of what you do. Uh, you offer a lead magnet. What are the best lead magnets that you recommend? <laughs> um, this is a, this is a tricky question. Um, you set me up for this. Uh, that again, depends on the nature of your people and your business. Um, for some people giving away, um, 
you know, a guide, a checklist are, can be great. Something like that, something that's easy, a PDF that's consumable. I mean, the biggest rule of thumb is you want to make sure that it is consumable quickly, right? You don't want it to take five hours. So giving away your 300-page ebook is not a good lead magnet. Consumable, you want to make sure that it's valuable and that it solves a specific problem. Don't try to solve everything in the world um, in one lead magnet, you know? So something that has a specific problem is really great. So the form, you know, like quizzes are really popular right now. You see a lot of people promoting those and those are great because there's engagement with it. People like to yeah. know, oh, I'm I'm this and this on the whatever scale, on the marketer scale, like that's pretty cool. So those are great too. Um, but it's for, to me, it's less about the format than it is about what is it gonna help somebody achieve and why would they want that? I see so many people in events give away like this thing, like, hey, here's how to be like calmer. Like, well, why do I care? How does that help me? How does being calmer help me make more money or be a better parent or um, show up better for my partner, right? So you've got to give people those reasons why they want something, not just because you made it and it's great. It's got to get tight. It's got to get specific and you got to hit those hot button pain points with them. Right. And is it exactly. And I think just to, to, to layer on top of that, I mean, your audience has multiple desires, wants, struggles, and whatnot. You you don't want to solve them all in one lead magnet. Mm -mm. You wanna you want to zero in on, especially if you're just starting out, you want to want to zero in on that number one thing. And that number one thing should be related to your offer. Yes. Be aligned with your offer so that you're not not selling something to be calm and then you're you're gonna teach people how to make ads online. You know, those, right. those things don't don't really work together, although you should be try to be calm when you're creating ads online. <laughs> yeah. You want to waste all your money. But, yes. But to your yeah. point about uh, the um, you know, uh, before about, um, you know, creating the right people on your list. And that's really, people don't think of the, a lot of times as the lead magnet is the tip of, you know, um, here's the, here's the, the journey I'm going to take my people on. Right. And in terms of the, uh, um, the, um, customer journey, right. It's sort of like the start. So if you're putting a, if your lead magnet is for the best chocolate chip cookie recipe ever. And like you said, you're going to sell something completely different. Like here's how to write emails. You've lost people. So, it really needs to think about this is the first piece and what's going to come later down the line. And, and when you can have that alignment, it's really magical. But a lot of people just get fixated on that. I need people to sign it from my list. Think beyond that. Take it to the next three steps. What happens after that? Um, and that's going to service you a lot better in the long run. Yeah. And to the process of delivering the lead magnet, um, I always try to say, okay, what do you want them to do next? What's the next step that you want them to take? And by the way, they just requested your lead magnet to solve this problem. Why don't you right away offer them the next step? Tell mm -hmm. them what the next step is so that when they request and give you their email that first time, that is there there's they're not going to be any more engaged with you than that at that at that point in time. So that's when you really should make an offer. Yeah. You should shouldn't be afraid afraid to do that and no and absolutely know that, that they're lined up right? yeah because, because yeah. and again you're you're training people to what happens next like you know with the here's an, we're going to be selling stuff here people so get ready and here's your first offer right you signed up now here's an offer for you yeah so what are some uh some major mistakes that people make that Ooh. we've talked about we touched on some of them but i know that you yeah. probably You've got some stories around that. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, so yeah, so showing up consistently, we talked a little bit about that. Training people that you make offers. Um, I had someone who waited a long time to make an offer to their list. And when they finally did, that was kind of a disaster in terms of people, the way people responded, they were, were like, oh, I thought you just gave away free things. Like I didn't know you're gonna ask me for money. So make offers early. Like, as you said, sometimes even right away as a tripwire offer is a great way to do that. Um, uh, don't leave your personality at the door. I see a lot of folks do this where they sort of feel like they have to sanitize what they're saying in order for it to be um, appropriate for their list. You know, focus on when you're writing emails, like you're talking to one person, you're talking to your ideal client and, 
and you know bring all of you to the table. That's what makes you different and people want to hire you for. I mean, there's a million people that do what I do. They're copywriters, they do emails, but you know, I'm a little quirky. I'm trying to be funny. I have a lot of energy and some people are very attracted to that. So I try to make sure that that carries through when I show up in my emails um, because people can relate to it um, and they're much more likely to choose me as someone they want to hire than somebody else that down the line that they you know just met in an event. There's more trust that we have developed in, in that relationship. So show up with all of you, all your all your quirks and foibles, um, because those are the people that are going to stay on your list and people that are going to buy from you. Um, so consistently show your personality. Um, don't also to let go of the fear of um, showing up too often. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to email my list because people are going to unsubscribe. It's like, you need this to make money with it. So, you know, obviously you don't want to be sending them emails like 18 times a day, but if you've got an yeah. event coming up, email them three or four times. That's okay. That people are used to that. Um, and it's how you, people need to hear stuff more than once. You know, I've uh, had clients who just send out an email and they're like, well, nobody bought it. It's like, well, you've got to, you've got to hit them more than once. It takes multiple touch points for people to make up their mind about making a purchase. And depending on the size of the purchase, it could take more than just a few. Um, so don't be afraid of showing up um, more, more often than you might be comfortable with, because it's okay. Your list can take it. Right. And you, about, about your personality, sharing your personality and, and relating to people who you are and your foibles and you know everything. Uh, I, I like to do that, share a slice of life. Uh, frequently, I, I hit a deer with my car a few weeks gosh. ago and uh, totaled my car. Uh, oh gosh! And, and my wife and I were coming back from from one of my gigs and uh, we we hit a big buck. But I told the story about that, and then then I had trouble with the uh, with the insurance company. Their their customer service was really not. And I've been with them for a long time. Their customer service wasn't what I expected. So over a course of three or four emails, uh, three or four weeks, I uh, I ended up quitting the the insurance company. And I and I and I said why? And I told what told why? I said, hey, I don't tolerate this kind of thing. Don't. And I made it relevant to 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 them. He's like, don't create a business that's going to make your mother cry. Uh, don't don't do this um, because. Your your customers want to feel like you care, and and if they if they don't feel like you care, they're going to leave. And and also on your foibles and whatnot, sometimes when you share that stuff, people are going to unsubscribe, and um, and that's okay too because you probably yeah. don't want you, you don't want to have a a, a one on one. Uh, client relationship with someone who doesn't like your personality you know? right, exactly <laughs> so you might as well put it out there and, and put, put it out there and, and uh right right away from the get-go share your personality and who, who you are yeah and, and what you're about yeah so, oh and and i thought of another don't too because i see a lot of folks do this um think of your emails i do mostly plain text emails which is no graphics in it um, look at the visuals of your emails, especially look at them on your phone, like send yourself a test and use really short paragraphs. I see people do this like wall of text and that's very oh, yeah. overwhelming to look at, you know, whether you're on your laptop or you're on your phone. So keep the paragraphs short, two or three sentences, do use bold and italics when appropriate, you know, make your email skimmable because I have opened emails that are like, I can't read this right now. I'm overwhelmed and I haven't even read past the first three sentences and I just shut it down. So don't overwhelm people with blobs of text too. That would be, I would throw them in there in the don't list. <laughs> yeah. Blobs. Yeah. And I always, always uh, teach my clients to make sure that they, like you said, test it on your phone, test it on your desktop, test it on your, on your, your tablet and really view it on your the device like your clients would don't just use the the preview and the editor uh those are good just to kind of spitball and get get it in the ballpark mm -hmm. but if you open it up on your phone you'll see oh gosh that image is too big and it looks really funky uh it didn't do that in the in the preview and the editor yeah so, uh, so or there's a weird space important. i always have weird spaces that show up in unexpected places <laughs> so i'm always having yeah. to make sure i test for that too 
Yeah. So since we're talking about the body of the email and the format of it, so what are some tips for uh, formatting an, an email or uh, how to how to lay it out? I mean, I use I use, um, and I know there's people will say yes, do this, yes, don't do this. I have a header in my email, mm-hmm. which is branding for my for my podcast, for instance, mm-hmm. for people who've been on my podcast, and you've probably been receiving emails from me. Uh, but then most of it's text, but I do, I use headers and short paragraphs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do use some images. So what are some of your tips for formatting? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can I go back and forth on headers. I don't think that they're bad. I like to limit the images and I tell people to one usually, or sometimes two, uh, because you, you know, what happens is when you start putting a lot of images in is that you look like Macy's, right? You, you get flagged by, um, you know, Google saying this is this looks like a promotions uh, thing rather than an email. So we're going to stick it over here. So that can help you avoid that box a little bit by limiting the number of images. And if you use emojis, those are so tiny, like those don't count in your subject line and whatnot. So let's with those, but don't go overboard with the images. Um, you know, it sounds like you're using a header and like another image. That, that sounds appropriate, but people get carried away with the visuals sometimes. And it needs to be more about the content rather than the visual, I think, in terms of um, marketing, unless you're selling a visual product like clothing or shoes or something that needs those kind of pictures in it. Um, but in terms of the format, you know, I always tell people to to write whatever they're going to talk about first and then go back and do sort of the subject line and sort of the hook into the email. You know, subject lines and people like, I get emails people like, I can't, I don't know how to do this. It's so hard. You know, the goal is to spark somebody's curiosity and create what they call an open loop, right? You want someone to be curious enough to go, oh my gosh, I need to know what happens next. Kind of like a murder mystery show, like, and then the murderer is, and they go to commercial. That's the open loop, right? So you want to do that with your emails, pique their curiosity, give them a statistic, ask them a question. And then the first couple lines of your email should go into that. Um, so they continue from the hook into the next sort of hook, open loop, and then into your content. Um, so that's a great way I like to format is making sure that you have a really strong subject line, really strong hook, and then also great content. Um, also at the end, what a lot of people hesitate to do is to put in a call to action. We tend to associate calls to action just with sales, Calls to action, you know, I use them all the time to ask people questions, get them to respond. Um, again, going back to our earlier about that helps with deliverability. So calls to action can be all kinds of things. So include those in your emails. It just because you're just because you're putting great content doesn't mean there can't be a call to action. It does not have to be, hey, buy this thing. It could be to ask them to do something else. So I include those as well. I think those are very important in terms of um, in terms of you know building your community and building trust with those. Yeah. So a, a call to action could be uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or yeah, or, it could yeah. Or, like watch this video or I was just on this podcast. You know, like um, there'll be some emails I might send out on your behalf afterwards saying, "Hey, I just did this great yeah. podcast," and the call to action is to go listen to it. Um, so they can yeah. yeah, it's just get them to do something and to be involved with your list. Right. So that, and that, that also helps um, with the, like with the welcome email, um, when you say reply and say, okay, that you got this, that yeah. really helps with your deliverability. It says, okay, the, uh, the, the, um, I don't know how the service email service providers score emails, but I know that they notice that as a, as an intent action that said, yep, that they said, they said that, yep, they want to get emails from that source. Yeah. So, so that's that's good for that for that i'm glad and i'm glad you brought that up because that is like the number one thing you can get someone to do when they first join your list is to respond to an email so um that thank you for bringing up that point because that is so people think it's like to click on the thing no it's to get them to respond that sense of a big flare to like yes this person wants these emails send them and and that would be a good way to stay out of the spam bucket too i would imagine Absolutely, because then you've you've been replying to those emails. I mean, the spam. You know, we could we could talk for another hour about spam filters and all the things you can do to get in and out of them. But um, that that does help in terms of if people reply to the emails to keeping out of that box. Right. Okay. What else is there? Anything else that that we should cover that you'd like us to cover? Uh, 
Gosh, I guess um... keeping keeping uh, <laughs> keeping business owners engaged, keeping yeah. the people engaged. So, what's what are some tips there that you can you can offer? Uh, you mean keeping people engaged in terms of the getting your emails and stuff? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, one of the things I try to do is vary the content, right? Don't send out the same kind of content every single week. Like, I mean, I am on a coach's list and she sends out every Monday, she sends out like a, a, a motivational quote and, you know, she tries to get people to go to her blog. And after like, you've seen that a bunch of times, you're just kind of become numb to it. So switch up the kind of content, like teach one week, offer resources, like resource emails are really easy to write, like write a short thing about the five you know, new apps you've discovered or programs you've used or books you've read or podcasts you've listened to, right? Those uh, offer resources. So keep mixing it up um, because what happens is too, is that when you put those offers in in between, the people aren't like, oh, here's another, like, here's another offer from Rob. I've gotten other things in between. So keep them mixing up, keep asking them questions. Um, but also too, like take a break from that sometimes and ask for their input. Like every once in a while, I send a survey saying, Hey, here's some topics I'm thinking about developing a program for, or here are some topics I'm thinking about, you know, writing about in the coming months, you know, vote for your favorites. Um, so that's another way to keep them engaged add a call to action and, uh, to not have to spend a lot of time creating content. So just keep mixing it up is a, is a great way to do that. Let's keep them and find, you know, again, also look at those numbers, see what people are opening, right? Sometimes you think, oh, I just wrote the most brilliant piece of content or the most brilliant subject line. And then you check it four days later, and you're like, wow, that didn't do so well. So, um, you know, experiment to keep them engaged because what you think up here is not necessarily what your readers are thinking. So making sure you're making decisions based on what to put out there, based on what actually happens, not on what you think should happen with your email list. Right. Stats are important. I, I just, I, I next a, um, a long-term content series that people who qualified and who asked for a certain uh, product category, uh, they would get uh, a series of emails once a week from the blog. Um, and I looked at it and I said, well, the people are, they're opening the first five, but these next seven, I said, eh, nope, they're not doing that. They're, we're, we're just going to, we can promote those standalone that would be that might be a good resource because because they, mm -hmm. they're good but they but like you said they get they get trained to ignore and yeah so very yeah. varying the content is a really great tip uh hadn't thought of that um excellent tip yeah so and you're looking at your numbers which is great too i love that you fact that you knew after five emails this is the drop-off point so yeah. cut it you know <laughs> cut it and yeah. repurpose it for something else time to cut it so yeah. as we wrap up with your final words, what are three things our listeners can do to put these ideas into action? So I would say start with making a plan for your content, right? Um, if you start doing things like I've sent out this email in an hour, you're not going to be putting out your best stuff. So give yourself, take a blank calendar, write down some ideas. You can move the things around, but start with some sort of plan going out. Um, if you're not actively building your email list, I would say start, start now, start asking people to join your list. Um, even if you don't have a formal email service provider yet, you know, take notes of ask your past clients, ask connections on LinkedIn, ask people that contacts in your phone that you've been chatting with say, Hey, I'm starting an email list about, I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Would you like to join? And if they say, yes, say, great, give me your best email address. Start before you're ready because if you wait till you till you need it, it's too late to build an email list. You need to start now. Uh, um, and yeah, that I've it, heard that it, on it, podcast it, after podcast. People were like, I wish I'd started that earlier. So <laughs> start now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say the third thing in terms of, of action is, um, is give yourself time every week to start writing. You know, you a lot of people have hangups about the quality of their writing or, you know, they've been, they think they have to abide by all these grammar rules and things they had to learn in, um, in school. I'm a terrible speller. I will admit that to the world publicly. <laughs> like, so, you know, I don't let that get in the way. In fact, I actually sent out an email recently with a huge typo in the subject line and it was the highest open rate I had received and that people interacted with it too um, because of the mistakes. So uh, in, in months, so, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. Just get, start writing because the only way to get better at it or to get more comfortable at it, or I think to even have more ideas about it is to start doing it. So if you can commit to emailing your list, you know, even 
twice a month, great. Just start there. Start writing, start getting stuff, get used to that habit, form that muscle um, because it will get easier and you'll get better and you'll get more ideas from it. But if you just sit around and think about it, or you're always doing it last minute, you're not really servicing yourself and you're not really servicing the people who are on your email list either. Those are some great tips. One, one of my clients, um, she's in her 70s and um, she's a healer and she's got some great, great content and different modalities of he healing. And um, I helped her create that content calendar that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's uh, for seven, seven or eight weeks now, she's 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 queued them up she queues them up in advance and they they're scheduled to go out on, on the same day at, at roughly the same time and uh she's off to the races and uh i haven't checked in with her in a couple of weeks and we're, we're due due to check in but uh everyone can do this doesn't matter what your level is she's not mm -hmm. a fabulous writer she uses she uses the chat uh to help her with topics and whatnot uh, but she, she writes from the heart and she she does it it's not perfect you got to start somewhere yeah and i think done is is um is the new perfect sometimes uh if we we're never going to be perfect mm -mm. but we can strive for excellence we can strive for consistency uh and i always say there's no better time to start than right today mm -hmm. so i agree completely 100 percent yeah. So thank you, Rob. Uh, Rob has a gift that he'd like to offer you. It's called Create Fast Nurture Emails, five templates that will help you quickly compose engaging content, even if you think you're not a great writer. So I, I'm I'm going to check that out. You can pick that up at um, www.nurtureemailtemplates.com. So that's www.nurtureemailtemplates.com. So is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, my brother, thanks so much. Uh, and remember, everyone, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon, and it's Rob Fortier. Thank you so much. Fortier, thank you so Fortier. much for coming. Thank you for having me, Paul. This has been a lot of fun. All right. Till next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.